Welcome, everyone, to Holiday Happy Hour, presented by the Holiday Distillery. I'm Jordan, and I'm joined again today by my colleagues and friends, Patrick Fee, Vice President of Marketing, and Kyle Merkline, Master Distiller. Gentlemen, welcome back. Hello, Jordan. Thanks. You couldn't couldn't find anyone else more interesting. Huh? <laughs> Stuck with us again. <laughs> Good to have you. Good to have you, Kyle. Yeah. Anytime. Um, yeah. Always. So last time we dove into Ben Holiday Bourbon, batch one, right? This time thought we might uh, dive into Ben Holiday Bourbon batch two, if you're up for it. Absolutely. <laughs> Great. <Yeah. laughs> that sounds good to me. I would like to point out that while we are doing that, we are doing our own little sampling here with batch one and batch two. We are. That's a little shout out to my side drink crew because I've got side drinks of bourbon and that makes me happy. Kyle knows all about them. Yes, so, uh, yes. We're prepared. Here we are. I'm happy. We're ready. Ready to dive in. <laughs> he, he generally makes fun of me if I either don't have a side drink or if my side drink isn't up to his standards. Yeah, because a side <laughs> drink isn't orange juice, but that, it, I mean, it's okay. You'll it's, get there. It's going to be one okay. time. <laughs> one time. <laughs> okay. We've been on the road too much together. Yeah, we have. Uh, probably shouldn't be doing a podcast as well. But you know what we were doing on the road is talking about batch one and batch two. Exactly. So here we are. Yes. And now you're ready to share all of your thoughts and all of your knowledge yeah. with the world. So and it's true. I've got plenty of thoughts. We'll use Kyle's knowledge and we'll get there together. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. So Mr. Kyle, master distiller, Markline, whenever you were <laughs> choosing barrels for batch two. I think that's the first time anyone ever has called me that specific. Like <laughs> that was, I like it. <laughs> Let's hope it sticks. Let's yeah, see no, where it goes. No, I mean, not, <laughs> not, not permanent. <laughs> awesome. oh. oh boy. All right. Okay. Yes. Batch two. So batch two. Yep. Um, thought process behind choosing the barrels that you did. 44% first floor, 56% fifth floor. Um, what are you thinking? Yeah. So, you know, when, when going about batch two, you know, batch one, it had, it had done well, uh, right? Like we went on the road, we got good feedback. We had sent it off to reviewers. We sent it off to the San Francisco spirits award you know, we, we had good feedback and it would have been simple and easy to just stay with that same taste profile. Uh, but that's really not what we're trying to accomplish here. Uh, we want to, we want to mix it up and we want to have the, uh, consumer be able to try the differences and that each floor will, will provide. I mean, we, we talked about that in, in the first, uh, podcast or batch one podcast, but each floor, you know, changes. It it will taste different per floor, and so we had. So we didn't really talk about bottled and bond uh, too much in the, the last one, but we have certain distillation seasons, and so we're still playing in that spring distillation season, uh, spring twenty sixteen, the the product that was distilled at that time. Uh, we have those on select floors. It's actually only on one and five. And so, you know, we can't throw in the other floors. We can't throw in uh, floor three or floor seven because it just doesn't exist on those those seasons. And so uh, varying those different levels uh, is kind of the, the way that you can change it. And I think a lot of people don't quite understand the 
impact that those two floors have. I mean, they're they're far enough away that they taste different. So just a subtle tweak to go from 79.21 in the first batch to 56.44 in the second batch, uh, it, it does provide a difference. So that that was really the thought process of just letting people see how it does vary pretty dramatically floor to floor without any additional external factors. You're not introducing new floors and you can still achieve a different taste profile by the amounts that you use from the two floors. Uh, that That's the general idea. Uh, I remember going through and creating a couple different options and we went and tried it a few of us on site and I think Patrick was nervous. Uh, was very nervous. I was just going to say, I have a whole different vibe uh, thought process memory of how this went down. Kyle was calm. He knew what he was doing, but I didn't mean to cut you off, but I was, no, thinking, no. I was I'm like the first floor was always a little bit like, okay, it's the one with less happening. It seemed to be the one with less happening, right? It's, it's cooler in the summer. Um, then the, then the top floors, all of Kyle's barrel picks that when he was diving into things that he wanted to show off typically came from higher up. So there was a little bit of that. Okay. Well, it's got, it's got things happening, but maybe it's going to be limited or maybe those turn into, you know, some sort of custom, you know, barrel down the line. And then all of a sudden Kyle's like, yep, yeah, uh, batch two is going to have 44% first floor. And I was like, okay, what exactly are we doing? <laughs> like I was, I was paranoid just because I obviously don't know. I'm not in there tasting every day, but Kyle had a plan and here we are. He delivered. He, uh, Patrick, he pretends like he was trying to act calm and cool. Like he was in <laughs> tasting this and he's like, no, no, it, it'll probably turn out okay. Like it's going to be, it's going to be it'll fine. Maybe be fine. Yeah. Very like not confident at all. And it's like, okay, well maybe I'm second getting, nah, no, I don't trust his opinion at all. <laughs> no, but like it, it is true though. Uh, the, the first floor samples that we've tried, they were always younger and it is cooler. Uh, it takes a little while to develop. You know, if you, if you hold a product for a longer period of time, if you think about like all these 18 or 23 year old bourbons, they're typically going to be aged on that first floor because it's just not as hot. Uh, and you can, you can age it a little bit slower. Uh, so anything we tried when it was younger, it just wasn't as full flavored. Uh, it sometimes borderlined, uh, the term I always used, uh, is flabby. Uh, there's no structure. There's no overall body to the, the whiskey. It kind of tastes like a flat pop, right? Like if you just shake that up and then open it up and let it sit out all day and then try to go back, like it just doesn't, doesn't taste right and that's what some of those bourbons that we tried from that first floor uh borderlined on and so that was why patrick was nervous yes but oh. they're also <laughs> six years now versus you know a three-year-old uh, right. first floor bourbon well, and this goes into you probably should talk a little bit more about bottle and bond because that's what i was going to say is single barrels and everyone's got this deep fascination with single barrels and they're a lot of fun and there's some great single barrels out there but there's also something really cool about selecting barrels specifically to put together to create something like this. Like it is a, it's just a different thing. It's a master distiller's expression of all of his product he has available to put in. So I, I appreciate that. Like I think that you can see how much work goes into it on a monthly basis. And 
you know, bottled bond being a big piece of it. And like Kyle said, like having less barrels to pick from because it had to come from the spring distillation season altogether type thing. But like, what else do you have to follow with bottled and bond? Uh, it basically has to be uh, all done by us is the, the long and short of it. You know, we have to uh, cook the product here. We have to ferment it, distill it on site. We have to uh, barrel it and age it here at least for four years. Uh, and then it has, has to be bottled at exactly 100 proof. Uh, and then, as I mentioned, it has to come from a product of one distillation season. So January to June is a season and July through December. And so, yeah, we can't take uh, a barrel that was distilled at the end of June and then commingle it with a barrel from the first part of July that will go against the bottled and bond uh, requirements. And so, yeah, you have a very select window of the bourbons that you can choose. Um, and it, it, you know, makes it more interesting uh to to kind of work with that uh that seasonality of that um but yeah just another layer of complexity to to my job so you know thanks for that patrick <laughs> well uh, and honestly when you look at the bottle you know we talked a little bit about it last time but you know you look at the package you look at the vibe you look at the it's just everything we tried to do and we've got an amazing design team here with Rachel, Brendan, and Gabby, and they're always putting together all of our crazy thought processes to try and basically capture and make our vision happen. With this one, I think they nailed it. It's, you know, the Ben Holiday bottle itself. We knew right off the bat we wanted an old-style liquor bottle, right? We wanted it to feel good in your hand. We want a bartender to enjoy holding onto the bottle. <clears throat> Excuse me. And we also wanted to be as transparent as possible, right? We wanted all the information on this thing that we could to make sure that we told a story basically at first glance. So seeing a stagecoach on it because Ben Holiday was the stagecoach king and he was the founder of our company back in the mid-1800s. Uh, but then on the present day side, having, you know, what warehouse the liquid came from, warehouse C is on this batch too. And it says right on it, floor one through seven and the percentages of what came from what floor. You flip it around on the other side and you'll see the distillation season, spring of 2016, and you'll see the bottle on date. So you can put it all together and understand how long this, you know, liquid was sitting in a warehouse, where it was sitting. Um, and then we just dive further and further into it. But, you know, everything about this, capturing our history, but then also making sure we're projecting forward into the future with what we're currently doing. Uh, but in a part of capturing that history, you know, having blown into the glass DSP Mo5, which is distilled spirits producer Missouri number five and to have a number that low is special. If you were to apply for a DSP number now in the state of Missouri, it would be in the 20 thousands um, because there's just tons of micro distilleries and, and things like that that have popped up over the years. So, you know, to be in the game as long as we have been and now to bring back such a great historical setup with a flavor profile that I think, the world has been missing out on now that we have it back. So we're happy to kind of bring that to everybody and to just do it to the strictest kind of the, the best way that we possibly could to make sure everyone understood we made it all ourselves. It is bottled in bond. It is Missouri straight bourbon whiskey. It's, it's just a very proud hometown type of vibe happening. Yeah. It fits our vibe perfectly and really kind of expresses who we are. Um, and also I do have to point out that we did catch a lot of heat about the cap, right? People thought, oh, it's such a high dollar, high quality bourbon. Then why did you put a screw cap on it? 
Yeah, no, plenty of people. And we had a couple answers for that too. And the first one is, that's what we always did in the past. For the most part, we right. always had these little quarter screw caps. But the other piece is, is there's a large movement of people wanting screw caps, mainly to make this thing airtight uh, and not let that bourbon go bad if you hold it for a long period of time. A lot of corks eventually will crumble. They'll fall into the liquid. It then taints the liquid. Uh, our friend Michael Veach, you know, bourbon hall of famer, is all about it. He The first thing he's mentioned when he saw our product before he even tasted it is, thank you so much for putting a screw cap on that. Like, you have to preserve this liquid. It's too good not to. So, yeah, you know, a lot. I think perception is a thing with corks, you know, and I get it, and you love the sound of it when it pops out. And eventually, maybe we'll cork something again. But for now, we're going to roll with how this looks, how it feels, and be proud of it. Yeah, I think people aren't used to this in the industry. I think people are used to the cork, but they're going to start seeing it more. And I think it'll start to be um, more widely recognizable. There's a lot of very good brands out there that are using screw tops. I mean, we're certainly not the ones uh, bringing it back. But, you know, there's some great 12 years, like Weller 12. Top. Like, okay, well, I don't see anyone talking anything <laughs> bad about that. So it's, you know, it is, it's a style, but it also is a, you know, it's a, it's a direction for preserving the liquid to make sure it's just as good as it could possibly be. The last thing we want is to go and grab your bottle and then you've got condensation in the shoulder. I know everyone's seen that, right? Like you have that bottle, it's been sitting a bit and then it just eventually builds up kind of water vapor in there and it's, it's not a good look. So we don't want that. I agree. Yeah, so I feel like I'm just going to point out here uh, that I, I don't think I got to go on the road anymore because that was like a quick five-minute uh, summary of everything we say on the road shows. So, <laughs> just play uh, this. I, you know, we talk about the bottom bond, all the design, all of it, and yeah, no, we're good now. Everyone just go, go buy a bottle, drink it, and then <laughs> I can stay at the distillery and make more bourbon. <laughs> I would very much appreciate that. So my... Uh, Completely shameless plug there. Go buy a bottle. Uh, but I, I wanted to go back to Bottled and Bond a little bit. So and I want to ask your opinion, Jordan. Did you know what Bottled and Bond was? Because I feel like that's a common thing is having to talk about that and explain that and explain that it shows basically that we did the whole thing. Did you know prior to being aware of our label what it was? I did not. So I remember actually Patrick um, and I should... This is a disclaimer. I am on the marketing team. I should have known this, but I didn't. Um, I also was not really that much of a bourbon drinker before then. Um, I really like our bourbon. I drink our bourbon. I'm drinking our bourbon right now, but it's not like I would have gone out into the market prior to us releasing a bourbon to seek out um, the latest and greatest um, bottled and bond bourbon on the shelf, right? So I remember one day Patrick actually said, we're going to do bottled and bond. And I just looked at him. I was like, yeah. <laughs> like, Sounds cool. Great. Sounds awesome. And yeah, I had to dive into it. And that was really, that was a, obviously a, a big piece to learn, but it also made me realize that is a big stamp of authenticity. And not only is it a great thing to put on our bottle, but it has a lot of credibility behind it. So, but no, to answer your question, Kyle, okay. I did not know. I Never. think that's common too. I don't no. think a lot of people know. They might act like they know, like, oh yeah. I, but like I did. <laughs> honestly. <laughs> also, also, I feel different. like Patrick acted like that too. I mean, maybe, maybe for a minute, <laughs> Kyle. But. Okay. Another fun fact for you to act like you knew this. Did you know that you can have more than just bottled and bond whiskeys? I did know that. And I did. Gin, I did. vodka. You can have bottled and bond vodka 
I don't know why you would want to. I, it's but a I get great it. question. It's like a paraffin lined barrel or something. You have to like you cannot impart flavor. It's it's a weird regulation. But yeah, no, it, it's there for all spirits. That is quite strange. I think we'll stick with bourbon. I like bourbon. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a good call. Well, speaking of bourbon, why don't we let's do a comparison? Let's uh, take a sip here of one. I'm not going to say no to okay, that. Okay, let's see here. It's still delicious. It's amazing. Yeah, I I don't want to do notes right because we've had this conversation before. Because Kyle is not. No, I I think I said I don't notes. do notes. I, <laughs> I mean, do I kind of want to hear you do notes or or Patrick. I'm not a note guy. Okay. I mean, not okay. I, I always wrap it up very simple and just say it. It's a delicious, bold, traditional styled bourbon. Yes. I think you get the caramels. I get some of that cherry. A lot of the things people talk about leather. I'm not that guy. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure we've had plenty of people say there's leather. I am not a professional uh, tasting reviewer, so you won't hear me say that. I enjoy a lot what's going on there, especially the finish. I think we've said that from the beginning, too, is the finish just really holds on, and it's deep and bold and flavorful, and that's killer. It is. I personally have an emotional connection to this bourbon. <laughs> um, Kyle, I'm sure as you do as well. Patrick, you too. But um, I think just because this is the first one that we released and it's just kind of um, with the excitement that we had around it and just with it being the first, I feel like this is how in my mind I will always be like, yes, this has been holiday bourbon for me. Batch one, a little spice, you know, that bottled and bond 100 proof kind of kicks you at the front. Um, but then that second drink, you really do start to get more of those flavors and it's a winner for me. Great job. Yeah. Just so you know, I cheated and already took a sip of number two <laughs> as well. Just so uh, if you guys want to catch up, but jumping ahead. it is different. It's not drastically different. We don't want it to be drastically different. We've talked about that, but you for sure have something I think extra happening. I don't think it lost anything at all, but I do think there's almost like a more, a forward taste profile that hits finish is still there, but there's something more rich and flavorful on the front end of it. And I don't know how to explain it better than that, but Kyle probably can. I'm sure that's part of how this first floor influences twist it around a little bit. So, so I'm supposed to talk here. There you go. <laughs> tell you, tell you about <laughs> you're uh, up, Kyle. <laughs> uh, no. So yeah, it, it definitely has a different taste profile to it. Uh, one of the things that is yet another variable. Uh, so, and I, I'd never talked about this in the distillers journals, but like the batch one, we wanted to release it fairly soon after it turned six. Right. So it was six years and like 12 days, uh, was the youngest product. We were uh, antsy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. And so the second batch, you know, we had, more options and we had other things that were you know six years three months but those three months happened you know spring and part of summer and it's been it's been hot this year and so it got additional aging and so yeah it's it's got a little bit additional complexity from that as well uh but overall a very balanced taste profile with combining that first floor it uh balances out the kind of a little bit more tannic nature from that fifth floor uh, and gives you a pretty robust uh, bourbon without being overly oaky. Um, and that's kind of kind of what's going on in general. Uh, I, I 
tend to agree with you. I love a good long finish on a bourbon. That's one thing I like. I don't want it to just disappear. Um, and if, if you don't know what a finish is, it's just basically how long it sticks with you. you. You don't want it to just be like, oh, I tried that and it was fine. But then I, you know, ate 80 proof bourbon or something like that. You don't want it to be confused for very lightweight bourbon. Uh, and so that's that's kind of what, what I tend to like in a bourbon as well. Uh, so it continues on with that long finish with this batch. Yeah. That was a, also one of the longest waits ever to me to get to that batch two because batch one hit and, you know, we mentioned we sold out here immediately, but once it even got to the store shelves, I mean, I, I feel like within a few hours, almost everywhere reported that it was it was gobbled up all over the city, you know, everywhere that it hit. And that, you know, it was a bit more limited at the initial release, too, because we're getting rolling. But it disappeared so quick that you were just dying to get your hands on the next setup. So I think as we keep going here now, too, you know, the more we keep rolling, uh, it's going to have less of that long anticipated wait happening. It's going to start to, you know, be a bit more available and uh that's what we really want is we want people to be able to get their hands on this and drink it and enjoy it and not worry about hunting it down you know especially locally so you know and there's other things coming as well but i think ben holiday by itself in that every month every couple of month nature it's going to be it's gonna be a lot of fun to see where this goes and hopefully not just be feeling like we're all waiting forever so it's going to be pretty awesome yeah, and one thing I do want to point out too is that, and I've heard this before, and there's been slight confusion. We're not, we're not actually labeling these as batch one or batch two on on the label themselves. Uh, you you kind of know from the percent breakdown of the floors. It's we've we've had two so far, and so right now it's pretty easy. The first one was batch one. This last one was batch two. But eventually, we we won't probably refer to them as that so much as you know the breakdown by floors or the bottling date. Uh, that's another thing that you can look for. You know, the first first release we had was bottled in May. Uh, second release was in July, and so you can kind of distinguish from that. Uh, but yeah, it we've we've had that question before, and we we don't talk about the batch on the label itself. Yeah, and that's something that's on the website too. We're going to dive into. You know, we talked about Distiller Journal and things like that, but we're going to put every, you know, batch basically on there by date and by floor. So that will be, there's a little bit of work if you want to seek them out versus just having it right there in plain sight. But I think we think that's enough versus we didn't really get into the batch thing. We just keep referring it that way. But the date alone and then the floor breakdown, knowing that it's always going to shift, you'll be able to see, you know, which you liked more and for what reason. And that way, if, you know, the bottling in July of 23 has a similar floor breakdown to the one you liked in July of 22, then okay, well, it's going to be similar, but it's also might be a little bit older because it's not always going to be six year. We've talked about that a little bit. It could vary depending on what's available based on that distillation season. Yeah. Yeah. It is not locked in to any one thing. And I think that's, what's fun about Ben holiday. That's what is fun about this for me is that it's not locked into a specific batch size every time it's not locked into a specific age we can experiment with this play with it and give the consumer something different uh and and that's yeah it it will vary every time uh i can almost guarantee that next july will not have a similar uh breakdown as this and i know that we don't have as much on the fifth floor 
in the season that we'll be pulling at that time. So it's, it's going to change. It's just going to be a lot of fun as it goes. Yeah. And I'll say too, you know, we just got back from being on the road and meeting with some more people and we tasted floor two, or I'm sorry, batch two against batch one for the first time. We've never done that with a group before while being on the road or whatever we're doing, whatever type of bourbon show, anything like that. It's usually just one or the other. This is the first time we tasted everyone on the very first batch and then anyone that wanted to dive in and see like, okay, what's this second one about? And what do you mean by it shifts a little bit? And it was really cool to see how people react to that, especially the bartenders who could pick it up. Like they yeah. understand exactly what that's going to do in a cocktail based on the different sort of, you know, flavor set up in it. And that was, it's one of the coolest things we've seen since we've been doing this is getting that ability to finally have people taste the difference of what we're talking about. So We'll see how that goes as it continues because we're not going to bring every batch with us. But for now, like you said, these first couple when you're you know, like trying to get rolling, it's it is a very cool thing to see. Well, it was impossible at first to explain. It's going to be different every time, but good every time. Right. You know, and people would look at you like, "What do you mean it's going to be different every time?" It's like, well, it's it's different, but it's authentic every time. It'll have those consistent notes and those consistent qualities. But to have those comparisons, I think people are finally like, "Oh, I get it." It makes sense. Yeah. We talk about distilleries have like their profile, right? Like you, it's like the taste of the place, mm -hmm. like the location, all, all the big distilleries, all of any distillery, you have that kind of, this is how our stuff typically tastes. And then you've got different variables thrown in there of whatever the flavor compounds are from a season or a finished barrel or anything, but you can still taste the place. And that is the best way that I could describe it in just kind of layman's terms of understanding, yes, it, it does taste the same, but it's got a twist, a little fun play on characteristics. I would agree. What about you, Kyle? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I just don't want to over talk because, you know, <laughs> no. like I just don't want to be the only one talking about that. No, Patrick will always. Yeah. I'm always here for you. Guide the way. Yeah. Well, on that note, guys. I guess we've rambled enough. That'll do it for today. Cheers. Cheers.